Welcome to the Sailing Into Oblivion podcast, where we sit down with everyday people who do extraordinary things. I'm your host, Jerome Rand. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. After what seems like months uh, without doing any shows, just life getting right on top of me and kind of felt like I was drowned in there for a while, but came up for air and was able to finally get another podcast in and I could list off a ton of excuses but like I always say to my fellow staff members excuses are the building blocks of a house of failure so no excuses just results I got to sit down with Everett Sislo today it was fantastic and uh, essentially we talk about canoeing Everett's done some serious uh, long extended voyages uh, down the Mississippi done some other stuff. Uh, it's been it's pretty eye-opening some of the extended trips that uh, he has done both solo and with other uh, paddlers but really really cool stuff and kind of you know rather than just tell the story of the trip we sort of jump around and get into it. So hopefully you will enjoy this show. We're definitely going to be having a second uh, podcast later on this fall where we can get into the depths of trying to do the great loop and stuff like that. So we will uh, we'll revisit Everett for sure. He was a fantastic guest, and I hope you uh, enjoy this return to the Sailing Into Oblivion podcast. And I appreciate all the people who support the show and have stuck with me through my little absence there. And like I always say, if you do want to support this show, keep it going consider hopping over to patreon follow the link in the description become one of the 51 member strong family of uh, supporters of sailing into oblivion also obviously we still have all the shirt lines and everything there and uh, some of the other social media all of it's under sailing into oblivion and uh, if you want to reach out to the show sailing into oblivion.com follow the podcast link and uh, contact the show those go directly to me been a busy one for sure. Uh, the new presentation is going fantastic. I'm starting to take bookings for the fall to go and see some yacht clubs, see some uh, other events, and uh, bring my story to life. Not just the new story, but the old one about going around the world. So a lot of, a lot of cool stuff. If anybody has uh, any suggestions or thinks they have an organization that might want to have me come on out, just email me through that website and uh, Who knows? Maybe we can add you to the list. So other than that, enjoy our little canoeing escapade, Uh, Everett, Sislo, and I. Here we go. We've got Everett, Sislo. Yeah, can can you give a a quick, uh, like, you know, a bio, three descriptive words like Everett, Sislo, (laughs) entrepreneur, canoeist, Uh, uh, river guide, videographer. Yeah. I find myself doing a lot of trips just because I'm really curious about them, and I like to canoe very long things. <laughs> <laughs> you will pull that mic just a little closer. Very good. Very there good. we go. Nice. Yeah. Um, fell in love with boats. Fell in love with canoes. Found it's uh, it's a really fun, intentional way of exploring the world. Well, and and you took it to a whole different level. And when when was this trip down the mighty Mississippi? That was the summer of uh 2015 okay me and a buddy that i met at a summer camp where you and i met worked yep. together uh he's from sweden 
Stockholm, Sweden. And I, I just got this bug somehow of, I thought it would be a really interesting way of exploring our country. And my mom, some family member, I think it was my mother was just like, take somebody with you. Yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. And, I, and I was like, okay, but, but picking a paddling companion is a very, that's a commitment. There's been some serious expeditions that have fallen to shambles because somebody like, Oh yeah. And, and it's a solo sailor for a reason. Yeah. Over here. Yeah. And, and <laughs> but, but like, you know, to find somebody you trust. And I pitched my buddy and I said, I have a crazy idea. And we did a bunch of interviews and meetings and he said, he signed on and he said, I'm in. And I was like, you've bought your ticket. Cause that's like the commitment level. Yeah. He's like, yeah, he's yeah. like got my ticket. And then turns out he forgot to convert kilometers to miles. So when he did that conversion, he's like, you're insane. What are we doing? <laughs> uh, but doing it and he's, he's, we were best friends already. Um, Will Johnson and we became even closer and it was, it was a great way to see the country and stuff like that. But then he's a born and raised Swede. So kind of seeing it through his eyes oh, and going yeah. through some of the, uh, the adventures and stuff and having his cool head was, uh, it was a blast. It was right, really right, right, right. Well, and, and so what was the, what was the goal, I guess? The parameters of the adventure. Um, headwaters to the Gulf of Mexico. Um, and where are the headwaters? The headwaters are. I'm, just, I'm a complete novice when it comes to the Mississippi. Uh, the headwaters are in this little beautiful lake called Lake Itasca in northern Minnesota, not terribly far from the Canadian border. Mm -hmm. And kind of does this. You're, you're the first two, three weeks you're in, um, you're in Minnesota, but it does this like backwards question mark. And then it kind of goes down. There's the Northern Mississippi and then where the Ohio river joins in at the confluence, mm -hmm. the Ohio river joins in with the Mississippi river. That is the, then the beginning of the, uh, lower Mississippi. So that's how they kind of like, Oh, okay. Set, they geographically separate them. Yeah. So we went in, put in there, there's this little trickle of rocks, the headwaters of the Mississippi. You could, you could jump over. I yeah. think we walked a few hundred yards at first just because we couldn't. Oh, right, I mean, our right, boat right. drafts six to eight inches, but it was just through we kind of uh, <laughs> dragging rocks. And then it and it just seeing it grow and evolve into these giant cisterns and paddling with um, ocean going vessels. Yeah, right, right. Which we had some crazy stories with that. But it's just it was just it was, was life changing. Hey, it taught you a lot. And what's the what's the total mileage on that? Two thousand five hundred and fifty-two. Oh wow! There's okay. a carving in a tree at the headwaters uh -huh. with that carved into. It. I'm sure it's it's shifted and evolved with like oxbows, the way the currents flow. They'll, oh, they'll slowly yeah, yeah. carve out um, different sections of banks and change that. But um, yeah, so it's comparable. I mean, the the AT because I I see a lot of or I think um, it'll be interesting to sort of hear your take on this. But I think about the the comparison between hiking a long distance trail and doing a long distance canoe river trip like that. I mean, there's a lot of similarities, a lot of differences, yeah. obviously, but it's I think that same sense of adventure. Yeah. I think there's pros and cons. And I think I've done a lot of backpacking trips and I love it. And I, I you know, I, I always toss around the idea of doing like the AT or something like that, mm -hmm. but it's like, well, if I can do something like that in a boat, yeah. I'm just more inclined with that just cause I love being on the water and I love boats. Well, and yeah, I mean the, the, the carrying everything on your back and up and down these, these mountains and hills, mm -hmm. the, the exertion level definitely is pretty high. But I mean, when you're paddling, you're paddling. That's not, it's not like you're just sitting there with a motor behind you. No. Yeah. We're, we're pulling 12, 16 hour days. 
Yeah. We had some days where it was, it was so flooded in some sections of the lower where we couldn't, there was nowhere to stop. We couldn't stand up. We'd taken breaks to stand up in the canoe just to stretch out because <laughs> yeah. we, couldn't, we couldn't stop for 8, 10, 12 hours because um, we went through some very, very substantial flooding. Right. And got some, we put on great miles. We hit some crazy, going 15 miles an hour in a canoe is pretty intimidating. Oh, so did you, yeah, right. He had, yeah, Will had a, <laughs> Will had a, uh, an iPad or something like that with a really fine tuned GPS system. And he mm. like tracked us for like 30 minutes. Yeah. And he's, we, um, just south of the confluence of the Ohio, um, by my home state of Kentucky. And he tracked us and we hit like 15 something miles an hour, which is you can do quite a lot of miles in yeah. 24 hours doing yeah. that. It was interesting. Our biggest day was uh, 86 miles, um, which got us to downtown New Orleans. And paddling, no way. paddling through New Orleans at night is a very interesting thing to do. I could only imagine, man. It was it was a blast. It was cool to say we did it, but it was also like doing it was like, ooh, that was very type two fun. <laughs> well, was there was there a lot of traffic at night there? Uh, yeah, because because shipping it's so close to the shipping channels in the Gulf, constant. it's just it never stops. Like recreational, pon- like Poncha train is not far away. That's more rec. Yeah, but this is very very commercial. Right. So it was right, constantly right. on my VHF. Hey, I'm here. Hey, I'm here. We had like headlamps on front and back. We're trying to light ourselves up. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. it was stay off to the side as much as possible. Yeah, it was one of those things we uh, we did it because because we had to do it. Oh yeah, it yeah, was yeah. part of the part of the part of the parameters challenge. But. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's, I mean, because I you know coming in and out of ports when I'm going into like Charleston or something mm-hmm. like there's you know 800 foot container ships <clears throat> coming all over the place and. They're yelling at me to get out of the channel, and I'm a sailboat, and I'm not going to challenge them by any means. Uh, but it's something, yeah, you definitely have to watch out for. Yeah. And I couldn't imagine being in a canoe. We had some, we had some very spirited conversations with some captains, but we did have, we had one captain. <laughs> he was, he was um, downbound, clearly going somewhere across the ocean on a Captain Phillips size boat, it was just mm-hmm. a huge ocean-going vessel. Yeah, and I called to let him know, hey, we're here, and he was like, whoa. What are you doing? And he's just chatting us up. Yeah. And he yeah, said, yeah. hey, 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 you know what? I'm going to cut it low on the throttle so we're not throwing a wake or anything. You just side saddle up to my stern bulb keel and just follow me because everybody has to get out of my way. That way you're not having to dart around and flit. So we went from the oh. very, very bottom of the totem pole to the very top. And it was, but we were like right next to this, this shipping freighter. It was a very surreal experience <laughs> oh i'm sure so. you're like a remora on the, on the on the underbelly of a shark yeah it was it was something else dude oh that's so cool well and they yeah that'll that'll happen out out at sea i mean those guys usually are not going to slow down out there on the yeah. high seas but you'll get somebody who's been on watch up there tired and he'll call you up on the radio and have sometimes you're like all right i gotta go to bed i'll uh talk to you later because yeah, they these guys are on these these just constant motion. It's work. It's all that, and then they'll see like a sailboat out there, and they're like, "Whoa, what what are you doing?" Yeah, yeah. We get a lot of these um, intercontinental shipping containers, these tow barges and stuff like that. A lot uh-huh. of them do uh, thirty days on, thirty days off. So a lot of these guys are just grinding, and they're they're seeing so much, but they're never stepping foot never. off that boat yeah, for sometimes yeah, yeah. thirty, forty five days. So we we struck up some conversations and stuff, and there's. There's an art to them, and there's an attitude to them that really taught us a lot. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. It's pretty crazy. Well, I, I mean, going back sort of to that subject of like 
adventures. You know, there's a lot of different categories. You, you know, I would think some of the most extreme, fast-paced stuff would be like skydiving, bungee jumping, and that has its place in the whole like thrill-seeking adventure category. But what we're talking about here is the slow burn, the endurance, yeah, the challenge of both physical and also, and I would I would always lean it towards it's more mental than anything. Yeah, there was some lake in North, on the upper Mississippi, Mm -hmm. but it rounds this one bend and it's this famous lake and it's like, it has attitude. And if it's windy, you're going to be windblown. But there's this famous point and it's called point, no point where it's like a land point, but it doesn't look at no no matter how much you consistently paddle, you look like you're never making any progress. (laughs) And that was an afternoon into late evening where we were just like, it just felt like we weren't achieving anything right right. no matter how much and finally we did but that was like a good mental hurdle that we made it over uh that was very rewarding to be like oh finally it's it's not front it's behind yeah (laughs) right we are creeping yeah but then just the art of portaging art of portaging with a lot of beer or not beer uh luggage and and gear and just beer Hmm. no no (laughs) no beer ever you didn't have any beer on there no, no. I mean, we no sundowners, huh? No. Every now and then, sometimes some fishermen would come up. We had some. We were doing a big lock in Iowa somewhere. Some fishermen came up and saddled up next to us, and they just looked at us, gave us a good look over. They said, "You boys look like work." <laughs> so we said, "Yes, sir." And then they just handed us some cold beers, just an ice cold beer, and that was one of the best beers I've ever had in my life. That was a, one of the best beers I've ever had. And then battling into New Orleans, like I was saying earlier, yeah, we met a river angel, and he said, "If you can make it to me, I'll put you guys up for the night. I can help out." But you nice. better you, you better know what's ahead of you. And we said, "We we got no choice. Yeah, we gotta go." Pulled up, climbed up a few hundred feet of riprap, carried all our gear met him we talked to him but never met him and he walked up to us with two giant plastic glass bottles filled with ice water uh, he said gentlemen welcome to new orleans and that was the best glass of water i've ever had in my entire life and it was just it was little you trips like this uh, the small stuff you value them so much more low level ecstasy dude yeah. it really is like in this world where we can just have anything in a moment's notice, yep. it takes all the specialness away. When you got to fight and grin through just awfulness. I mean, when I was talking in my presentation the other day about like what makes me want to keep going out there and just finding those little moments, but it's it's not just that little moment. It's what you have to do to find it. Yeah. And man, it just you can you can make. I firmly believe you can make the littlest things in life seem like the biggest, most amazing thing in the world. Yeah. As long as you have to go through quite a bit to get there. Yeah. And it sounds like I, I've always felt like that's a, a big key theme to these sort of long endurance, long enduring um, escapades, like through hiking, like doing these big river trips, like the sailing around the world, all yeah. that stuff. It. Whether you want it or not, you're going to have a relationship with patience. And that's, oh, yeah. And that relationship is whatever you want it to be. And thankfully for us, we really took a lot away from it. And it was, I really just, literally and figuratively, you're going with the flow. And so I, I really, <laughs> I, I felt like I grew a lot um, from that, which was just very rewarding. Well, and, and, you know, the, obviously, most of the stuff that I do is by myself. Mm-hmm. But I have taken a few members out with me like crew uh crew member 
I had one guy from the Appalachian Trail. Shout out Bo Jangles, friend of the show. Nice. Uh, he came on a trip from South Carolina up to Maine, nine days offshore. And and it's it's a little hard for me to do that. What what sort of um I don't know, what sort of good and bad came out of being in a how long was the canoe? Eighteen footer? It was an eighteen footer. Eighteen feet. Old town, Penobscot. Two two good old gents in it. Yeah, two big old boys. Good and bad. What was it? Will Tommy Patience, like I was saying earlier, uh, he I really grew a lot and took a lot away from him and his level of curiosity and like we're going through some shit, man. Just sometimes it's great to like have share the struggle. Share the struggle, yeah, um, yeah. So that was really good. We had our little fights and our bickers, but we learned like there's a greater goal here. There's a greater purpose. We had this weird. We had a day where we were like just getting burned out. We got stuck in um, the Memphis area, and there was this heat wave where every day it was 110, 115. It just, you're in the shade, and just it's we're setting alarms to remind ourselves to drink the tea warm water we had in our water container because we're just <laughs> we're just sweating so much. Um, yeah. And it was it's just like, but but having those days, we like stopped and ran the numbers. And we're like, oh, we're more than halfway done now, so we can't stop now. Yeah, we gotta yeah, keep yeah. going. And so it was good. I, I liked having him as a paddling companion. Just having somebody there was good. I've done, I paddled the Grand River uh, from south of Jackson, Michigan, out to Lake Michigan. That took me about three weeks. I did that solo. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, and so that really, doing, doing that helped me retroactively kind of like, you're doing that comparison of just like, oh, it'd be nice to have somebody with me. It'd be nice to like. So did you do that trip before the Mississippi? No, no, I did after uh, Mississippi in 2015. We paddled the Ohio River uh, the next summer. I did the Grand in 2017. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, okay. I did that solo for work. So I'm a photojournalist. So yeah. I was working with a bunch of um, conservation and watershed partners. So uh -huh. I was doing kind of like a photo tour. I did a bunch of video work and gave them a lot of footage of different areas uh, through down the entire river. Oh, very cool. Now, are, are there, is there like a website that people would be able to see some of the shots from some of these trips? Absolutely. So, um, I can put a link in the description and everything yep, as well, it's, but it's, shout it out. Yeah, uh, .com. Um, we'll, yeah, you'll link it, which will be great, but I have photos from the Mississippi photos from the grand a video i did on the grand and then a lot of other adventure travel stuff that i've done oh, so nice. some for work some for fun but just my background's in documentary storytelling so it's like i want to like you know i love telling stories yeah 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 right so oh for sure for sure man god yeah it, that, and that is interesting because yeah when you you popped that question into the presentation the other night uh, just for the audience, I was doing my new presentation about this last trip that I was on with the whole getting flipped upside down and stuff. And and you had asked about trying to, you're in this situation, you're also trying to film some of this stuff for content. And I had said that in a, in a way, it was a good way to sort of ground myself again and pull myself together. Because you know... It's that whole, we used to call it Kodak courage mm -hmm. when, when, you know, people act differently when a camera's on them. Yep. But I know for me, there's been a lot of times where, yeah, my, everything's just kind of so weird or upside down or I'm, I'm on some crazy high out there because it's so gorgeous or whatever. And it helps when you turn a camera on, you got to kind of pull yourself together a little bit. Yep. It's like, you know, shaking your head like, all right, yeah. all right, hold on here. Yeah, I'm I'm a big hypocrite because I love taking photos and telling stories and stuff like that. But, I, but when I'm on the other side of the lens, uh -huh. I get it. It's like, oh, man. But I, I paddled um, the Huron River, 
which uh, w- with a couple buddies, but I was working for a watershed group and they were like, Hey, take over our social media and our Instagram. We want like selfies and videos and stories. And it was a lot of fun, but it made me, just like you said, it kind of pushed me out of my comfort zone. I'm like taking selfies and videos and giving little yeah. audio narrations and stuff like that. And they're a little refined the edges because you can't refine the videos and stuff. Like right. That. Right. But it was, it was a blast and it was just so, it was really cool because, um, content engagement really skyrocketed i was getting having people reach out Mm -hmm. that are like i always love to do something like this this is a dream i don't know how to make this happen like oh in actuality you can do this this is attainable you can go paddle you can learn these things you can yeah and so it was really cool to like kind of like help people realize that the door is more openable more there's more access than you can right which is really really cool to kind of well and and that was one of the things i started to Sort of the the birth of of this this podcast was when I went on to the Adventure Sports podcast. I used to listen to that one quite a bit. Uh, mm-hmm. Mason Gravely takes that. Uh, he's he took it over years ago, but they're you know thousand episodes in or whatever. Yeah. And they interview anybody and everybody that's done anything crazy. Like they'd probably have you on that sort of thing. Cool. Um, just for the canoe trips and all that. And the coolest thing was there were just all these different adventures. I had no idea. We're even out there until I hear a story about somebody doing it. Like he, Mason had actually ridden a bicycle from Alaska to Florida. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, I never even thought about that. Yeah. And getting exposed to that, uh, I think is like a gift to the world that I think is one of the small positives of like the whole social media thing is that it gives everybody that freedom. Like, Hey, I, you know, I did this kind of neat thing and I'd like to share it with everybody. In some ways, I suppose you could be like, oh, well, look at you, aren't you great? <laughs> but then on the other side of that coin, it's like, hey, I'm sharing this experience. So, hey, maybe you might get inspired to do something like that. Yeah. And I, mean, I think you're a big part of that. Yeah. it's Especially it's, when you can do it in high quality, you know, un, unlike my, my stuff, which are little clips and, yeah. you know, this, that and the other thing. To see it done at a professional level. But the way you do it and the way you present it and you weave it in with your story and your narration and then you have this like this raw example. Not raw in terms of quality, but just like the wind is pounding in the mic. You can feel yourself there. And that's it's it's super cool. That that footage, you know, it took a long it took at least like almost two weeks before I could watch some of it. Mm, I believe it. When I got back to land, I was just like, I remember turning, <clears throat> turning a couple of them on and just being like, Oh, Oh. And I would just, it would send me right back to there. And those feelings of like, boy, it's getting really yep. full on out here. I I've had like, yeah. Flashback moments when I go back and edit some photos and I'm like, this is a beautiful photograph of a Lake foggy, Lake Michigan morning when I was out there, but I got lost out in Lake Michigan <laughs> and it's getting pushed <laughs> offshore and I couldn't see 50 <laughs> yards in front of me. It was a stunning frame. I'm uh, so proud of it. Yeah. yeah but it was right. just like, I finished my trip cause the seawall goes out a few miles and I was trying to hook up and go to this dude's house that I met the night before. Yeah. And I just got lost in Lake Michigan and I'm sitting there with my oh, compass geez. just like, okay, well, here we I'm, go. I'm trying not to be in a small canoe out that far, but Dude, it, it worked uh, out. It worked out, but it was like, oh boy. Were there any like uh, really scary moments on the Mississippi? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> People yeah. ask me that all the time about going around the world, so there is it's my we, turn. We had a couple weeks where it was just thunderstorming every day, and it was Ooh. just one of those you're just you're just constantly wet. Everything is wet, no matter how much you try. You are always just that dripping, soaking, uncomfortable wet. Oh yeah, the rashes yeah. start. Yeah. Um, 
and just doing that. And then there's some scary times when it's like, you can go so long without food. That's fine. Water is what'll get you. Uh-huh. And so there's times we're like forced to drink some sketchy water and I'm like hitchhike, trying to hitchhike somewhere where not, but we haven't seen people anywhere on the Mississippi. Like we, we didn't Cause see, there's, there's empty stretches, right? Yeah. There's some stretches where you're not seeing anything. There's, there may be some commercial every now and then, uh-huh. but you're so far between port cities or something like that. That it was just like, okay, man, if, if something happens, we're not really sure what we would do. And so we had plans and we had, you know, if we capsize, I have everything in my pockets that I can, I'll make it to shore and I can camp out and I can figure that out and I can, I can be safe. Yeah. Yeah. Like a little just, grab bag thing. Yeah. Just pockets stuffed with like all that first aid good stuff. But you're just like, okay, you gotta, you know, there's a reason not everybody does this. There's a reason <laughs> the year I did it, there were, a lot of people started it. Not a lot of people finished it. I think we were, we were two of 20. Really? Yeah. And, and some people did bigger sections or something, but yeah. So that was, that was a scary bit. Uh, we had a tow driver, a uh, commercial co- um, guy pushing a barge upstream. So he was throwing a big wake. I tried to let him know, hey, we're down, uh, southbound, down, downbound. I'm going to pass you on your port and all this stuff. And he went out of his way to to kick his engines up and throw a uh, very serious wave at us Yeah, and to try to mess with us because there's – and so we were we were surfing some of these wakes down just like oh man if we go we're leaning one way or another we are just done yeah because you got a lot of gear i'm assuming right yeah 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 and so we finished that up and like pulled over to shore and we're just like okay (laughs) oh boy Uh, well let me ask you real quick so on your your sort of daily sort of schedule you know you get are you camping a lot of this or are you staying in people's places or are you just turning the canoe over and sleeping under it uh a, a vast major- all the above uh, all the above some we, we stay with a few people there's some river angels some people are just like no stay with us and that yeah. was cool but that was a, that was a, a minute percentile a lot of it was a tent a lot of it was throwing up a hammock when areas were too flooded or we couldn't find a spot so we had we had some little packing um backpacking hammocks so uh-huh. we did a ton of that so oh, was, okay. we we're always sleeping outside we're taking river baths we're is that public land or is it yeah i mean uh public public waterways the um natural shoreline but there's ah, so there's okay. there's so it's that's perfectly legal yeah but then a lot of areas people just didn't care or it's in sections where it's just like there's there's i mean there's there would be sandbars that are huge five ten miles long. yeah yeah, yeah right. a lot of those there's some really famous ones where it's just like Oh, you're gonna go through this this pool in the lower Mississippi, and it's gonna be this big, beautiful sandbar, and there's gonna be this bone dry firewood, and you can have a lovely time. But it was so flooded, it was 40 feet beneath us. Oh wow! So we were—I mean, we could shift in a higher gear, so to speak. Not that we were trying to be fast, yeah. But we we were really struck. We'd struggle to find some campsites. That was a big, um, a big oh, rough. Bet. We had the one day that I mentioned earlier about how we couldn't we we couldn't find anywhere to stop because everything was so flooded. Uh, we were just, there's this big thick of trees and we're like, we're pretty sure, sure we're near the, um, the mouth where the, the Mississippi and Ohio joined together. Uh-huh. And there's a city called Cairo, Illinois. Um, looks like Cairo. Yeah. But if you say but they it, say if, Cairo. Yeah. If you say it. Yeah. Um, and we're like, Will was just like, I see steps coming up. Okay. There's steps uh, coming out. Yeah. There were, there were these cement steps and I was like, I don't know what that is, but we're going towards it. Uh-huh. Will's like, I'm in. We're like, if anything, we can just saddle up, be still, collect our thoughts, try to evaluate. And it was one of these, like, it was a, it was the very southern tip of this public park. 
and it was this observation point that was like three stories high, oh. but it had flooded up to the top story. Holy smokes. And so it was this uh, top observation deck. There's photos on my website. We made this camp. We, t- we unloaded the canoe, lifted it, lashed it to the stair railings, and then we set up our hammocks and a tarp to get out of the sun because the sun was just a real bruiser right, that day. Yeah. But it was just this middle of nowhere. We could see the rivers coming together and see the traffic. So it was one oh, of the most sudden, really cool. unexpected, but amazing campsites. And we're like, this, what are the odds of this ever happening? But it was just the river gives and the river takes, takes away. away. Yeah. There, there's so many similarities between what life was like on that Appalachian Trail yeah. and, and doing that. I mean, it really, ah, it's it, making me just want to get in a canoe and go. Yeah. It's a, it's a really intentional way of living life day to day and in the present. For in the sure. present. And, learning that mother nature is beautiful but mother nature is not this you, there's oh, there's a warm hug waiting for you. you buddy no mother nature you are nothing yeah you're absolutely nothing and there's some of those natural experiences and and the heat and the rains and some of the flooding it's just like we're we are but a speck yeah but and, it's yeah. it's also very it, i i've always said that's where you're gonna it if not, if not build character, you're mm-hmm. going to test what you got already. Yeah. And that's why I like doing these trips because I have experience doing a lot of stuff. I have a lot of backcountry experience and a lot of time spending time outside in certain situations. And you want to like test that. You want to like live up to what, what you have drawn in your head mm-hmm. and prove you want to prove it to yourself. And so being able to do that's really rewarding. I really like that. You know? I, and, and I think you have to put yourself in those situations where you know yeah it's either okay well you can either quit Mm -hmm. or you can forge forth um yeah it's just tough rivers make good paddlers so much wisdom (laughs) this is is really good but it is i i i can remember um you know when when it came time in the pacific to start my way south to reach Cape Horn, mm-hmm. you know, arguably one of the most dangerous sections of the. Is that down in the forties? Oh yeah, where yeah. you go from the forties into the fifties, yep. near to the sixties, and in the Southern Ocean, I mean, that's no joke, and it's going to start snowing. I mean, you're getting close to the bottom of the planet at that yeah. point, and I can remember, you know, sitting there and pondering, and one of the questions that came up that really spurred me forward was me just asking, like, what kind of person do I want to be in this world? Yeah. Do I want to be the one that's kind of like, yeah, I went really far, but I went far enough. I'm not, you know, it's pretty pretty scary. And I'm not recommending people do crazy, stupid things like I Mm -hmm. did, but still it gave me that moment in time where I was like, I had to question myself and who I am, and and you got to come up with an answer. Mm -hmm. And... You know, I, who knows? I, I've I've also come up with the other answer in other situations where I'm like, nope, yeah. I don't need to keep going. I yeah. think I'm good. I'm gonna turn back. Uh, the ocean will be out here yeah. for me later. When I paddled the Grand solo, yeah, it was weeks. It was a week long trip, and it was it was great. There's trials and tribulations, and I, I went into it thinking, okay, I got this list in my head of conversations I need to have with myself. Mm-hmm. I need to have these discussions, these thoughts. What are we gonna do? You know, life stuff, work stuff. You know, just everybody's got stuff they're thinking about. And I, I had all those conversations in the first like three days. Cause it's like, it was just me solo. It's just, yeah. it's just, 
Con- yeah, you got to like save that stuff. Yeah. Um, you got to do the slow burn. Yep. Yep. Uh, I totally agree to with that. that. I want you to do a paddling trip because your relationship with wind will change. Oh, I already, <laughs> I, just the, just the few times that I've gone up to the boundary waters for a couple of weeks. Yeah. They have big enough lakes up there where, you know, if the wind's coming out of the wrong direction, you're, you're not going out on that lake. Yep. And yeah, it's the wind is like not a, a nice thing when you're canoeing. I hate it. There's this actually. There's this <laughs> infamous lake called Lake Winnebagoshes. Oh. And it's uh nickname is Windy Winnie. Yeah. And it's so big these little systems can just pick up. Right. And it's like it's an infamous lake on the Mississippi and it's like do you take it cuz you there's a portage at one end. So the river's going to come in. Uh-huh. Bottom left. And the top right is where you got a portage out. You you could shoot straight across. That's about 18 miles. But if you're in the middle of that lake and that thing kicks up, it it was crazy. And we we cheated, went across the bottom by boat ramp. So we did like 12 miles or something across the bottom, went to a boat ramp, checked the weather, talk, found a local state trooper who was doing some touring and stuff like that, asked his advice, what do you got to say? You're the local. Uh-huh. Um, Jumped in to commit it, and we're just like looking good, looking good. And within a half hour, this wind just kicked up. It was sending rollers. It was just, it was, it was capping at us. <laughs> yeah. And I was just like, I don't care what is downwind, but we were going downwind. Yeah, yeah. Run, run, run. We literally got washed ashore. We went up and found some locals, and we we're just like, hey, can we like just camp on your property? We're stuck. We're windbound. And they, they were not surprised to hear our story. And they're yeah. just like, there are a lot of bodies in the bottom of that lake. Oh, uh, and they're ooh, they were just yeah. like there's a lot of people that have tried a lot of stuff and that was a very sobering moment so well it, you know it's it, it's different when you're when you're not using that wind as a power source and it's just a hindrance in a lot of ways i mean yeah you might get a nice downwinder out of it surf a little and, and be able to get blown did you ever use any little sail no it's i don't know if i just have bad luck or if it's a traditional canoe thing, it always seems like when it's windy near the canoe, it's right in your face. <laughs> it's not a lot of fun tacking a canoe. <laughs> no, it's definitely not. I Although, I don't know. I'd be hard-pressed to choose between wind right on the nose and wind off the side when you're just getting side-blown the whole time. There's a few schools of thought. Length of boat, your uh, how much your, your freeboard you have. Mm-hmm. But if you have two people, people literally will tack, and you can do that. If you're if you're good enough, you can just you can hold it straight in. If you can hold it straight in, you can do that. But uh, a lot of big river stuff out in the um, Missouri River, Mm -hmm. which is up next for me to paddle that from Three Forks down to St. Louis. Oh wow! Um, Yeah, that's gonna be like 150 days, something like yeah. It's a it's a big. But do that solo? Yeah, I wanna kind of wanna do that solo. Wow. Um, but there's you can get windblown and be stuck windbound for days. Yeah, yeah. It's just like you're not doing anything. So it really, you have to really stop and think. There's some big wilderness out. There's a big hundred mile wilderness stretch where it's just like you better, better be buckled up. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. just you. So I have some friends in the paddling community that have done it, and I'm really, uh, it's exciting. It seems exciting. Yeah, so. no, 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 that seems like real deal, next level. Yeah, there's there's this thing called the Big Three. It's the three biggest river systems in North America. So it connects the Ohio, which connects a lot of um, up east stuff that dumps into the Mississippi. The Mississippi obviously goes Minnesota to the Gulf, and then the Missouri comes over, and so it's kind of like doing the big three. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I want to tick that off. Wow, well, good for you, man. That's that's a, a pretty stout challenge to throw down. Yeah, patience, commitment, and a few band-aids. Yeah, well, luckily it's a <laughs> canoe, so 
I mean, just ballpark figure, what, what sort of a trip like that, what does something like that run you cost-wise, like including the canoe and everything? Uh, did a lot of hunting for the canoe just because I wanted something durable. We Ours is made of polyethylene. Oh, so okay, it's yeah. uh, naturally impregnated with um, air. Mm-hmm. So if we swamp it or flip it, it'll still float. Okay. And I'm 6'2", nice. 250. Will is, I think, 6'3", 6'4". We're both big guys, and we're going to have gear. So we were kind of going for more brutish expedition style canoe it's a really personal thing a lot of people have taken all sorts of vessels with all sorts of levels of success but we landed on that and we fell in love with it immediately so yeah i was really happy with that but in terms of cost it can be whatever you want we were i had just graduated college so we we're on a kind of a limited budget he had just finished his master's so we were kind of bare bones in it just trying to scrap our way down yeah yeah and uh it worked out it worked out we'd stop we'd do food runs stock up get a few weeks worth of food but Never really any no hotels or anything like that. Maybe, maybe a treat of a pint of whiskey every yeah. every now and then. Every once in every a while. Every once in a while. Yes. Um, well, because yeah, I mean, I had seen people do the AT. Like for me, with all the travel and the equipment and stuff, it was just around like five to six thousand dollars. But I also, I had been planning for that for a while, and I wanted to do it in a very Bill Bryson esque way, where every time I was in a town, I was getting my own motel room. Yep. Yep. Um, and not, not ever sort of worrying like, Ooh, can I spring for that? So I was, I was on the, the splurging yeah. end of the spectrum, but I had seen dudes go through and they'll be like, yeah, maybe got a couple hundred bucks for a month. Yeah. And they're, they're digging through the hiker boxes, getting all the leftover food and all that stuff. And so it's manageable to, yeah. you don't have to have a bankroll or a sponsorship or anything like that to do these things. No, no, I, I, I totally agree. If you if you're committed enough, you can make it work. And then there's stuff you need. You need a PFD. You need a VHF radio. You need certain supplies. And there's some stuff we like splurged on. We got like really nice paddles, mm-hmm. and I don't regret that for a minute. Yeah, oh, <laughs> bad, dude. yeah, right. And getting a comfortable PFD and and stuff like that. So, but yeah, uh, putting a number to it, I don't know. It was a few thousand. I saved up. I mean, we did some saving up and then buying the gear, yeah. buying the boat. Um, so, yeah, we, you know, some splurging, but mostly just trying to put on miles. And, and at the end, you, you end up owning a canoe. Yeah. Right? I love that boat. I will never get rid of that boat. Oh, I'll bet. Not. For the rest of my life, it's hanging up on my back fence. I still mm-hmm. use it. I mean, it's a, it's a real bruiser of a boat. How much does it weigh? Uh, oh, man. It is 83 pounds. <gasps> oh, yeah. I have one of the old camp uh, canoes, the aluminum ones. Yep. I think it's a Michi craft or something. I don't know. But we take that up to these lakes up north. And she's just a shade around 70 pounds. I'd, I think. I'd, I'd love to get one that's more just like, okay, we're going out for a couple. I borrowed On the Grand River, I borrowed the generation before of my boat. I borrowed yeah. it from a close camp family here. And it was like 25 pounds lighter. Oh. And just doing that, I was just like, you like lifted up with one arm. Oh, like, it's, wow. it's, yeah, it's a dream. But I mean, people do them in really nice boats, and you can take care. But there were times when we got caught in some pretty serious rapids, and we were getting thrown around in some slack water. And I specific, I can point the exact dent on the boat out to you right now, where we got caught in some rapids, spun, slammed into the shore, where a piece of rebar just dug into the side of the boat of the boat mm-hmm. and dragged along. 
and didn't puncture. It didn't do a thing. Nice. Yeah. Hey. So. Yeah. Oh yeah. That aluminum. There's something to be there, said for that. Yeah. There's. There's some people who are out there and they're taking pictures of their aluminum boats and they're all folded like origami. <laughs> yeah, so I know. Just... I know. Well, all right. So as as we we're getting late in the time, I yeah. do want to hit you up with a, a little plotting and planning question. I know I had hinted at this earlier, Very but good. the Great Loop, normally done on power boats and all that stuff, going around, you know, down the Miss, up the East Coast through the Great Lakes, yeah, six thousand something miles. Yeah, it's like I thought. It was, yeah, it was like eight. Six eight thousand. I think there's some sections you can, where, yeah. where you can kind of like you can ship you can ship up the Atchafalaya, uh, and there's some areas in Florida. And and yeah, you can go across the Okeechobee. Yep. You can as you come down the Mississippi. Instead of going all the way to the Mississippi Delta, you cut off and go to the southeast. I can't remember where. They, when I I interviewed uh, a woman named Debbie, her and her husband are on it. They're coming up here. We're gonna visit. Cool. I met them in Oriental, North Carolina. They're going to be here in Petoskey probably July, maybe August. Uh, but they're on a nice, comfortable powerboat. Great yeah. people. Yeah. Is it possible to do that? I know it's possible because people have done it, but what are your thoughts on canoeing it? Um, I think it's possible. I think it'd be a lot of fun. I think it's a really interesting idea to paddle it because you're going to get a lot of different flavors. You're going to get the Great Lakes. Mm -hmm. Each of those Great Lakes has a different attitude. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to, what, cut down the Illinois River, which we jumped up and did a few miles on. That's going to be fun. The Mississippi's the Mississippi, so that's going to be a lot of big water, big open water. Mm -hmm. And then get, I mean, getting down, following the Gulf. So you're going to get a lot of flavors of water and a lot of, okay, I'm not putting on miles and just hitting going straight down river now i'm dealing with more ocean stuff and currents and tidewaters i think it'd be fun because it's going to be challenging you're gonna be working with a lot of different media so to speak right mm -hmm. yeah, yeah yeah um what do you think it could take a year right probably because i mean it takes most boaters with with their motor boats a year they try and hit the great lakes in the summer yep and be down south in florida by the winter time Eight thousand. I gotta like run numbers, but like, yeah, I would say year, year and change. It depends on what time of year. So if you do in the spring, which I think would be good for the Great Lakes, it'd be cold, but it'd be it wouldn't be crazy yet. But then you get spring runoff up north. That's going to be really pushing pushing a lot of water down the Illinois and the Lower Mississippi. So if you timed that, and you got a lot of spring runoff water, you could really be cooking. But there's some like the Mississippi right now is really low, so you'd be you'd be putting in a lot of work to, yeah, to make yeah, those yeah. miles. So I think it's a, t it's a timing aspect of that. Interesting, interesting. Well, maybe you and I will have to get into uh, a little bit more of that. If I, if I swing downstate or whatever, maybe when we have more time, we can actually try and logistically over this podcast. I love planning trips. Plan. I yeah. love planning and troubleshooting and then finding people and interviewing them and looking at maps and looking at historical records with weather and stuff. It's fun. It's, uh, yeah, it sounds like a blast. Yeah, well, and, and Charlie Rang... He, he and I had sort of spoken about it, and I don't know. It could be a pretty interesting trip. I don't know if it'll happen or not, but, hey, you know, it, like you said, I enjoy, I enjoy planning them as well. Yeah. Whether or not I go, eh, it's a fun night sitting around a card table with charts and maps. Yeah. And, oh, I love, oh, man, I love old, looking at old maps and nautical charts. It'd be a blast. I mean, if you got the, the wherewithal and the cleverness, like you could do the Great Lakes in a sea kayak. That'd be really good. You could do. Yeah, go yeah, from you, like Detroit you, to Chicago. Yeah, you could kind of switch up your vessels or you could get a really user-friendly style boat. We could talk more about yeah, that. I have, yeah, I have yeah, some yeah, ideas on, on right, what would right. 
Yeah. So you would say at least it's doable. Yeah. It's attainable for, for an old salty sailor to hang up the sails and pick up a paddle. Yeah. I mean, we did, we did the Mississippi in 70 days. We were unintentionally the fastest that year. We didn't really care about being the fastest. We just wanted to do it. <laughs> nice. But yeah, 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 we did that. So, well, they, it's one of those things I found that on the AT, uh, when I got up past into Vermont and the whites up in New Hampshire, I tried to slow down. I was like, this is ending way too fast. I'm having too much fun. Yeah. I couldn't slow down. Yeah. I'd get to a spot where I'd be like, all right, I'll camp. It's two in the afternoon. I'm not going to sit here for the next like four hours and just, just sit. I'm gonna, I got I see that mountain over there. I got to go climb it. And lo and behold, I finished in like uh, 133 days or something, which isn't excessively fast yeah. by any means. I had a really slow start, but yeah, once you pick up that pace, mm-hmm. it's really hard to drop it back down. Yeah, it's it's that was something again. Back to the patience thing. There's some days where you're putting on miles. And you're just like, wow, like I'm feeling productive. Mm-hmm. And there's some days where you're just fighting the wind on a lake and you're just like, Ugh. You have to earn every, yes, every last yeah. one. And dude. so it's, it's whether you want it or not, that's the situation you're in. Uh-huh. Well, so. 100%. Ah, well, Everett, I, I can't thank you enough for, for shedding away a little time to be on the podcast and stuff. And I, I truly think this will be the uh, first of a few because once I hit the road, uh, besides doing presentations this fall, it's doing this podcast as much as possible with as many people as possible so you and i'll have to it's tremendous it's It's great to see you i'm flattered to to be here old friends i'm just so pumped i love talking about this stuff i love love listening to all these other great people you have on and and the stories and the tales it's fun it's fun community to be a part of absolutely i can and you know we got to do it while we can because one day we're just going to be able to talk about it and that's all we'll be able to do Somebody somewhere is dreaming about doing the thing you're almost about to do. And so, you know, do them a service. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I, we could, I could talk river stuff all day and river rats. And, oh, river I know. Culture. I know. Well, hey, let me ask you just as a closer. Have you ever read uh, Emerald Mile about the fastest running of the Grand Canyon? Yeah. Dude. Gives, gives a fellow some ideas. I, don't, I, haven't done, <sighs> I haven't done serious standing white water. I want to get some – all of our <laughs> – there's oh, rapids. You got to do a Colorado trip, right? Yeah. There's rapids on the upper Mississippi, and we'll learn real quick about rapids <laughs> and this and that. And we got to, I can talk rapids, but my education in that realm is very self taught. So I know there's people out there that know more than me, but yeah. that, that big stuff and big standing rapids and white water, I'd love to pull a permit and pack raft that. I'd love to do that. But Well, I, I will say from my own experience, um, you know, I, I love doing, you know, earning the money to go and do my trips and go through all the hard work and stuff. I've done two river trips on the Grand Canyon, fully guided ones. Yeah. You know? The one that we did, there was two weeks, the full length of it. Um, it was a couple of grand to go out there and pay to be part of a 25 person group with yeah. six different small boats. I think that still is one of the greatest adventures I've ever been on. It was so beautiful. And the fact that, you know, you're kind of being catered to a little bit. Like, you know, you're not out there setting up the kitchen and the toilet and all that sort of stuff. You're just hopping in the raft and you get to watch. It's one of the greatest things that I recommend it for every every American out there. Yeah. It is just unreal. Yeah. That sounds like a blast. Maybe we'll plan a trip. I'd love to. Get a little extra coin in our jeans and just be like, hey, we just need 23 other friends. 
That sounds good. <laughs> I'm in. All right, brother. Thank you for coming on. Thanks, and uh, until next time. And yeah, you send me a link with all the any stuff you want to promote, and I'll throw them all in Absolutely. the uh, description. Absolutely. Absolutely.